the next couple Sundays in the afternoon services, I'll be spending some time helping to turn our hearts uh, towards the need of missions and the burden of missions around the world. I want us prepared for, if you've never heard uh, Pastor Randy King, I still call him Pastor King, he's still on staff out there at the church, but he was on staff for 42 years as assistant pastor and senior pastor out at Wildwood Baptist Church in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and um, God used him in a tremendous way, ministries out of that church when it comes to uh, missions, seeing souls saved around this world, and uh, if you've been around him, um, you know he's a blessing to our church, and he's a blessing to me personally, so I'm always encouraged and challenged uh, when he comes, and so I believe the last time was two years ago, right after the Donahoes moved here, and uh, they hit it off because for some reason Brother Tom likes Green Bay, and uh, and so Brother Randy King is from Wisconsin, and uh, so, but our missions conference let me take us back a little bit, and we'll be into the scriptures, but let's get started with, with Acts chapter 1, and um, we'll get started there. But I want to start turning our hearts this direction so that we're fully prepared and praying uh, when Missions Conference starts. My wife and I, our family, had the privilege of traveling um, as missionaries, receiving missionary support for 15 years uh, before we moved here to Concord to be able to start the Granite State Baptist Church. And so it was missionary support, churches that were sending in um, on a monthly basis uh, to be able to uh, support us financially as we started the church until the church was at the point of taking care of things. And uh, so we've experienced this firsthand. We've watched God be able to work in a great and a mighty and a special way and we're thankful for that. We've watched God do some tremendous things. And so over the years, as we've experienced this, and then as we came up to start the church, it was always in my heart, we're going to have a church uh, that is burdened, not just for a mind for missions, but a heart for missions. To be able to send the gospel out beyond uh, just conquered. It's not about just building a kingdom here and everything that we can do, but there's souls around this world that God has entrusted us with the gospel to be able to get it to them for souls to be saved. After we started our church and um, we had our first services, and it was actually nine years ago today that was the first time that we met together at the Grapponi Conference Center, the second Sunday in September that we had rented it for and said, this is where we're meeting, when we're meeting. And we came together for the first service nine years ago today, second Sunday of September. And then we had some missionaries coming in. And can I say this, that the burden and heart for missions, the very first check that was ever written from the account of Granite State Baptist Church was to a missionary. And I believe God has blessed that. I believe God has met every need. We continue to see God work in a special way, a miraculous way, month after month, year after year, I believe because the focus is not on ourselves, but it is on Christ and His gospel. 
And so shortly after that, we started supporting our first missionary. And today we're up to, what is it, 24, if I'm, if I'm looking correctly. And we haven't been able to pick up any more because I'm waiting on Brother Andrew to be able to make some more. He just showed up some more mission boards um, so that we can pick up some more missionaries. But uh, God's been faithful. And I, I don't ever want to get away from the necessity of sending the gospel out around this world. And so I want to remind us of a few things. You say, Pastor, we know all of this. Well, we need to go back and be reminded and just have some things renewed in our hearts. If you're in Acts chapter 1, I preached from here uh, just a couple weeks ago on some things that we've witnessed. Still out of the same verse, verse number 8 is where I'll be reading, and we understand that this is some of the last words of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can read it in context because immediately following these things, verse 9 says, when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. So if you can understand Jesus is saying this as his last words here on earth before he's ascending into heaven. And so we see it in verse number 8. Look what he says here. But ye shall receive power... After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, in the context of this scripture, the disciples were asking Christ, according to verse number six, Lord, wilt thou restore at this time the kingdom to Israel? They were focused on, and listen, that day's coming, that that kingdom will be established physically in Israel, but what Jesus responded to them was, listen, that's not what you need to be concerned and worried about now. That's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath in his own power, but you're going to receive power. And there's going to be something about you, and here's what's going to happen. When you receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, ye shall be witnesses. Now understand this. I believe what he's speaking to here, we have the disciples that are there. I believe he's speaking to the foundation of the church that he is speaking to here in Jerusalem. And he had told them, tarry here in Jerusalem, till you be endued with power from on high, but then what? And in verse number eight, now listen, he says, you shall be witnesses unto me. Now here's where the importance of missions comes in, is understanding the command that the Lord has given and not just the command, but the natural results of being filled with the Holy Ghost of God. He says, ye shall be witnesses, but notice where? Jerusalem. That's their immediate location. That is where they were. Now, I want you to understand the wording that we see here. He did not say, reach Jerusalem and then Judea, and then Samaria, and then the uttermost part of the earth. He said, Jerusalem, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. 
I believe the desire of the Lord as he was ascending to heaven, and we'll look at a few other verses, and I want you to see this, the desire of the Lord was for the gospel to be preached in his name, we read it at the end of the book of Luke, among all nations, and looking at the disciples, beginning at Jerusalem. In other words, don't wait till you get to the uttermost part of the earth. Start right here in Jerusalem where you're at. We've been in in multitudes of churches, like some others have been. If you start talking to Brother Matthew and Miss Hannah about all the churches they drop in on, and, and you get about every philosophy. We walked into some churches and said, listen, we're just concentrated right here on our Jerusalem. Okay, what are you doing for the uttermost part of the earth? Well, nothing. We're reaching our Jerusalem, our local city, right here in this community. What about the world? But then I've been in some churches, and they're doing everything they can do and sending every missionary they can out around this world, but they're not going across the street whatsoever to be able to share the gospel with their neighbor. Well, let's, let's, send, a, let's send a missionary 6,000 miles away, but let's not go six feet to talk to somebody. And so we understand, listen, we have a responsibility. I believe it starts here, and I believe we ought to have a strong base of reaching our community, and then from here, be able to keep reaching out, keep reaching out, keep reaching out for souls to be saved. I've seen the extreme on both sides as far as reaching their community and nothing around the world, but doing all they can to reach the world and nothing across the street. Now, it's a fine balance that's there. I, I believe that the, the Granite State Baptist Church, I believe we're doing well. I'd like to be able to see some other... Listen, there's always going to be something else I'd like to see, okay? And uh, praying towards asking the Lord to be able to do it. Places around this world, we don't have a missionary yet that uh, isn't ministering on our behalf. We'll get to all of that. I believe the natural command and mission of the church is to reach souls and to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, whether it is right here or it's around the world. And you say, well, pastor, we're just, we're, we're just not used to um, a missions-hearted church. I believe that Jesus was missions-hearted. I believe he came and sacrificed and died for the world. And if that's who the Lord Jesus Christ died for, we've been given the responsibility to be able to get the gospel to him. Let me ask you something. If the people of Africa do not hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus, is it the Lord Jesus' fault? Do you know that there's been at least a few times, and we could discuss these, there's been a few times throughout Scripture that actually pretty much all of the known world had the gospel and knew it. You say, well, when was it? Well, with Adam and Eve first, okay? Do you understand that everybody in the world at that time had a relationship with God? Boy, wouldn't that be nice today, okay? Something happened. But then we get 15, 1,600 years down the road, and we had the flood. And do you understand we have Noah and, and Mrs. Noah and three sons and three daughters-in-law, and they're the only ones that survive the flood and get off the ark? Guess what? After the flood, all eight people alive on the face of the earth had a relationship with the Lord. 
And do you understand you can start studying some cultures around this world, even in some of the most remote places in Africa, and many of them will have a legend or theory, a history of one family after some catastrophic event like the flood or something. They'll have some type of history there. Let me ask you something. For the next generation after Noah and his family, was it God's fault if they didn't know about the Lord? It wasn't handed down. Do you understand that it was the heathens back in the beginning of the book of Acts that when the disciples were on fire for the Lord, they were filled with the Holy Ghost of God, that they said that those that have turned the world upside down with their doctrine is now come here. I believe this. I believe during the time of the early church, I don't believe there was a corner of the known world that someone wasn't trying to get the gospel to them and trying to be able to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you think Paul gave his life for? Literally, hey, I want to go there. I want to go there. I want to preach Jesus. Don't talk to me about anything else. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I just believe everywhere he went, he was so passionate about spreading the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that he could come towards the end of his life and say, I am free from the blood of all men. Can I say that's quite the testimony for Paul to be able to say, I'm coming towards the end of my life. I'm writing right now. There's no one that's, that's I'm guilty of not telling him about Jesus. I wonder how many this week we might be guilty of not telling them about Jesus, okay? So when we begin thinking about missions, and we call it missions, I know the term missions and missionary isn't in the Bible. The closest thing we have to it was the word apostle, which means a sent one. That's where we look at for, for missionaries being sent out. They're just doing our job someplace else is what they're doing, Okay, And so as we begin to look at this, I believe that the world is our scope. Someone said this about Ron Garris several years ago. He was the former director and president of the Rock of Ages Prison Ministry. Someone once said this. He said, they said, Ron Garris had tunnel vision. And at the end of the tunnel was the world. And I said, what a testimony. What a testimony to be able to have that we're focused on the world. Now, when we say the world, can I say this? I'm not looking to save a tree. Now, I'm going to be good stewards of what God's given to us, okay? But when I say world, I, I'm not throwing my trash in the mountains. I'm not throwing my trash in the, in the rivers or in the ocean. But when we say the world, we're talking about every man, woman, boy, and girl that inhabits this world that we live in, every person is a candidate for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's what our ministry is, and I believe this is what our focus for missions ought to be here at Granite State Baptist Church. Look at Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. If there is ever one topic of Scripture that I love just going through in the Bible, I love the subject matter of missions. You say, why is that? Because I lived it, preached it for 15 years before we started this church. We watched God do things that if I, I stood here and started telling you stories, you, you'd probably say, is that even true? 
And I mean, God, God meeting needs. Okay. I'll tell you how God provided. And I'm not on the financial side of things this afternoon. Okay. I'll tell you how God provided. We, we started, we started giving my wife and I, listen, there's never been a question in our house. We're tithing. Say amen right there. We're tithing. We have our offering and we're giving to missions. It, it's, it's always been, there's not been a question in our household when I've wanted to question, she's already put the check in. I don't have to check with her, okay? It's already taken place. We moved from Maine to western Pennsylvania for about a year and a half just to be a little more centrally located. We moved into a farmhouse out there, and the rent was $400 a month. Wouldn't you like to see that today? Can I say things were so tight and bad finance-wise for us, there were months that we had to ask the landlord if we could pay him every two weeks because we got $200 in to be able to pay for that and waited another couple weeks to be able to pay the next $200. He was so gracious to be able to do that and be able to take care of us. It was at that time that she was expecting our first child, and our insurance was still up, up in Maine because that's where we moved from. But yet we were living in Western Pennsylvania. And so at least once a month for the last three or four months, once a month, we're making a trip back to Maine from Western Pennsylvania to be able to get to the doctors. And then me being the great scheduler, the week before Brother Peter's due date, we had five churches of missions conferences that we were in all week long during that week. Wasn't I a wonderful husband? I said, who scheduled all of this? We go through all of that. Can I say times in our lives, we were getting ready to make a trip up to Maine, had to drive all on a Sunday night to be able to get there for an appointment on Monday afternoon, but we were scheduled and I was back in a hauler. You understand what a hauler is in West Virginia, brother Steve. And we get down there, and I'm telling you, we're in the middle of nowhere. We didn't have gas money to get to Maine. We didn't have a thing. Our bills are due. We had to pay rent. We had to pay our electric bill. We didn't have a thing. And we're praying. We get down there, and Crystal's like, ain't nothing coming from here. Seriously, it was that type of place. But she kept praying. We get up on top of this mountain where we're staying, we, our Ford Escort station wagon makes it up that gravel road to get to the top there. First thing we walk in, just being honest with you, we walk in, we're missionaries with the Rock of Ages prison ministry. We walk into this pastor's house, sit down in his living room. He looks across the living room at me. He said, just want to be honest with you. He said, I could care less about the Rock of Ages. And I'm like, this is going to be a great weekend. I said, this is going to be wonderful, and I can't wait. And God, what are you going to do? Can I say this? We go to church the next morning, and I'm getting ready to preach the next night. I, I just didn't feel led of the Lord to say that much about the Rock of Ages while I was there and all the prison work and everything that was going on. And I just simply got up and preached and uh, shared our burden and what God was doing. And he got up, and he said, now, let me say this. My wife had been praying specifically, and she said, Peter, she said, we need $500. She said, just to pay the other half of our rent, to be able to pay for some gas, and be able to pay our electric bill, and she said, it'll all be gone. And she said, we need $500. And we, start, we started praying. He gets up at the end of the night, and I'm thinking, well, it'll be on the side of the road on the way out of here or something. 
he gets up and he said, boy, he said, church, he said, I just feel led of the Lord. He said, we need to take care of this family. And here's what he said. He said, brother Peter, he said, how long you been with the ministry? I said, eight months. He said, all right. He said, church, he said, we're going to pick them up for support for $50 a month. He said, we're going to make it retroactive. He said, and take it back eight months. He said, now that's 400. And he said, I think we ought to just throw another $100 on there just to make it to 500. I'm sitting there, I'm saying, what? So for the one time ever in her life, she, he looks down at us. He said, y'all need to testify or say anything right here. And Crystal said, I'll say something. And we're sitting on the second row and she gave that testimony and said what she had been praying for and she said, God's met that need tonight. And church, I just wanted to testify and let you know what God's done. Well, then he stands back up and he said, well, Bible says now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Said, what about we add an extra $100 to give him $600 tonight? And she said, church, we need to take that up because we need it in cash because they need to get on the road and be able to pay for gas all the way to Maine tonight. Didn't even give it in a check, gave it in cash. I didn't get out of that driveway and she had it all separated out and put in the, and, and, and she had it in the glove box right there. She said, now don't you touch that. She said, she said, that's for what God's taking care of right there. Now, listen, I'm not on the finance. I'm, I'm going to get into finances and how we do it next, next Sunday afternoon. But I want to say this, we have a responsibility, and God has promised. He's given us the command, and he's given us the ability to be able to carry out what he's entitled us to do. And he's going to take care of it. You're in Matthew chapter 28. Here's our scope of missions, verses 19 and 20. We understand this, but we're reminded this afternoon, go ye therefore and teach all nations. How many nations? all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Can I say very simply the scope of what we ought to be concentrated when it comes to missions is making sure that, the, that we go and preach, baptize, and teach. That's the scope of it. Who do we preach? We preach Jesus. Where are we supposed to go? Everywhere. Go and teach all nations, baptizing them. So we preach and teach. We baptize them. But listen, missions is not complete just on preaching and seeing people saved and baptized. That's not the end of it. There's still a verse number 20, teaching them to observe all things. In other words, discipleship. That's what our scope is to be as we look around this world. Now, listen, I'm all for it. Humanitarian aid needs to be done. Put some flip-flops, I mean, on the feet of those that can't have it and, and feed some people. Listen, I'm all for that stuff. But if we feed them and don't disciple them and tell them about Jesus, we've missed it. Number one priority is telling them about Jesus, seeing them saved, baptized, and discipled. That's what our scope has to be. Can I say this? That's why we keep up with the missionaries that we financially support here at Granite State. 
I'm not saying that there's going to be hundreds and thousands of people saved as a result of them, but I want to see them preaching Jesus. I want to see them baptizing, fulfilling the Great Commission, the ordinances of the church, and discipling people. That's what we need to see. Whether they're in Ireland or Indonesia or the Solomon Islands or in a prison somewhere or, listen, helping out a church in New Mexico and being able to be a witness, wherever it may be, we need to make sure we keep the focus the same. Now you say, what's supposed to be preached? What's supposed to be taught? Go you therefore and teach all nations. Now we understand also, and I'll read this to us, the Bible says in Mark chapter 16, verse number 15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You say, what are they supposed to be preaching? What are we sending out there for? According to 1 Corinthians 15, the gospel is the death of, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That is what is supposed to be preached and taught and discipled around this world, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I say this? I don't expect we support two missionaries that actually the second one has just landed uh, in the past week over in Indonesia. The Kelly family is there and the Midkiff family is there in Indonesia. Listen, I don't expect them getting over there preaching America. I don't expect to walk in there and it be an American church. That's not what they're there for. They are there to preach Jesus. That's the mission. That's the scope. And that's what the missions ministry of Granite State Baptist Church is all about. You understand the same message and scope of ministry that we are to have right here in Concord is the same scope and message of ministry that we're supposed to be sending out around this world. They're just trying to duplicate that over there. Not an American church. Listen, you know how many churches would love to have something like this over in another country, but you know how many couldn't even afford it to keep the lights on because of their electric fees? I mean, I've walked in church, hey, It kind of reminded me of downstairs that we're meeting on a dirt floor in a block building and there's a generator running out back to be able to give power to it. Well, that's just not what I'm used to. You know, I've actually been in some church. I know it'll surprise you. I've actually been in some churches and I've preached without a shirt and a tie on. I still had a shirt on, but not a shirt and a tie, okay? (laughs) Just making sure some of y'all are going to get a hold of that and just go running with it. I get over in the Philippines, and boy, they give me a real nice barong. Boy, I kind of like preaching in them. I mean, boy, it's airy, and it's nice, and uh, keeps you cool while you're preaching. Boy, they dress them things up. Nicest one I ever had was made out of coconut thread. Boy, that was sharp. Might still be hanging in my closet. I'm not sure. Boy, it was sharp. Dressed up white and, uh, and embroidered and everything all over it. You say, what? No, it's not an American church. You know something, I wasn't there. I tried taking a, a jacket with me one time to Western Africa, and uh, that missionary over there, he said, don't ever bring that back. Now, I started seeing more and more after the 10 years I was traveling. He said, I brought a suit over with me. He said, I was making sure I was a good American. He said, I brought a suit over with me. He said, it rotted and mildewed in the back of my closet because of the humidity. And he said, never wore it. Now, listen, I'm not saying every time you see me behind this pulpit, listen, I'm going to be in. This is how I preach. 
I'm not any more spiritual. It was said on Thursday night. I'm not spiritual just because I have this on, but I will say this. I'm a preacher of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm a pastor, and I I, I believe I'm going to look the part. But I've preached over there in some places. I'm thinking if I walked in with a shirt and tie, you've been some places, Brother Greason, that uh, you get in some of these places, and it's like they're happy just to show up for church. And I'm thinking, you know, that's not what it's about. It's about the gospel. And I want to make sure Jesus is being preached. And you know something? We need to continue to do all that we can to make sure that the gospel is going forth in more places than just right here in our community, but reaching around this world. Now, we may do some things a little bit different than some other churches. I thank the Lord for anything that a church is doing to be able to send the gospel out around this world. I praise the Lord for it. I happen to believe that the way we do it here, I think, is one of the best ways. And uh, I'm thankful for that. We'll get into that, and it'll be preached on. But I want us to be praying and asking God, God, would you burden our hearts that we would have the heart towards missions? And then can I say this? And I'll close with this. I'm praying God will burden some of our young people and some of our middle age that will be saying, you know something, I'll, I'll give my life to the Lord, and I'll go to the mission field. Not get sidetracked with a boy or a girl. Not get rebellious at home, not get rebellious in church, stay on the straight and narrow. It's okay. We got missionaries coming in. Hey, this young lady that's coming in, you can get on. I read her testimony and, and uh, was communicating back and forth. And uh, as a teenager, God put on her heart where she was going and what she was going to be doing, and she's never veered from it and said, this is what God has for me. And uh, just following the Lord. I'm praying God will so burden hearts that they'll say, you know something, I can't just sit here. I need to go and actually go somewhere and serve the Lord. That'd be okay too. We'll send some out. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. There's not much of a time that I don't hear Miss Dale pray, Miss Dale Barrett, that she's not praying for some of our young people, that God will burden their hearts for missions and send them out around this world. Now our young people are getting nervous. Miss Dale's praying for you. You better watch out. If she starts naming names, I'd just go ahead and surrender. <laughs> I don't want us to lose our focus. We're after souls. Not just here in Concord, but around this world. And I'm praying that God will allow us to be able to do more, not just through our praying and our communicating, but through our giving and through our going asking God to be able to work in a special way. Would you join me in prayer that God would allow us to fulfill, we call it the Great Commission, but God would help us to be able to fulfill that. You say, Pastor, you really think we can get the gospel to every creature? I believe we can do our best. I believe we can do our best to be able to get it there. I want our focus always looking out. Always looking out. God will take care of things here. God always provides and meets the needs for everything that's going on and enabling us to be able to do the work and say, God, we want to be able to do more. Where are some... We don't want to support anybody in Brazil now. We don't support anybody. I'm not saying where they're going right now, That the other family that's coming in. I'm just asking the Lord to be able to help us. Lord, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's see some more churches started. Let's see some more missionaries sent forth. Let's ask God and keep our heart for missions.
and keep it pointed that direction. Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. All the places at the same time. Boy, isn't that a blessing? God allows us to be a part. 